Hello, and welcome to the Girls Going Corporate podcast, where we discuss all things career networking to empower you to go after your dream career. My name is Rosa Stansel. Today, we are joined by Amelia Seacrest, who is currently an account executive at Kinzo. In today's episode, Amelia shares a bit about her career story thus far, how she entered the luxury sector, tips and advice on how you can do the same, and insight into her current role. If you dream of working in fashion, living in New York, and traveling often, this is the episode for you. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Hello, Amelia, and welcome to Girls Going Corporate. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, I'm so excited. So if you would just go ahead and start by sharing a bit about your career story and how you got to where you are today. Of course. So my name is Amelia Seacrest. Um, I am the account executive for North America for Kenzo, um, which is a you know brand under LVMH, um, the Louis Vuitton parent corporation. Um, so I've been in this role since last April, so April 2022. Um, so kind of in the weeds of it now. Um, and so basically just to describe what my role is, um, being an account executive, I am in charge of all of the wholesale distribution for Kenzo in the United States and Canada. Um, I guess to kind of get into how I got here, um, I went to NC State College of Textiles. I graduated in 2017. I had my first internship in New York the summer of 2016. And I actually interned at Moschino at the time, which um, truly I got that internship just from seeing someone else intern there and emailing someone from the company online. Like I found someone's email via Google (laughs) and just kind of shot them an email just to say like, hey, I know you guys take interns. I would love to intern. Um, Let me know, basically. So that was my first internship in New York that I would say is more of a serious internship. I had a few, you know, kind of like local ones in North Carolina, but I don't think those really contributed to my career path. Um, So after that, that was an internship in wholesale sales, which is what I do now. But in that role, it was, you know, I was like a showroom coordinator, basically. Um, So just working in their showroom with all of the samples, like they would have the whole runway collection in the showroom and, um, you know, have buying appointments with buyers. So after that, you know, I went back to school for my senior year, and then I came back um, to New York after graduating. I moved without a job, which I don't advise is like the (laughs) best method. Um, But, you know, I came with one of my best friends. Um, She had also interned with me, and we lived together the summer before, and then she had a job lined up. So, you know, kind of had a built-in buddy for the experience. And then, um, so after moving to New York, you know, I had to apply to everything basically. And, um, I was able to eventually land an internship with under Richemont, which is another luxury conglomerate. And that was working with one of their, um, like luxury jewelry brands. Um, and that was in wholesale operations. So more of the back end, kind of like order fulfillment, um, part reorders, things of that nature. And so I did that for six months. And then after that, I got my first full-time job. So it was, I started January, 2018 with a full-time role after, um, graduating May, 2017. And then in that role, 
I was a wholesale sales assistant um, for a, you know, like major department store brand um, called Kenzie. It was, you know, just a ready to wear label, like licensed technically. Um, so that was under one of the large licensing companies in New York. Um, and I worked there for about a year and a half. Um, it was really good experience. You know, I got to travel a little bit um kind of really understand the wholesale business more than just what I got out of my internships I would say um you know starting to like manage accounts um like the different department stores and you go through the whole market process where I was selling the product to them like each collection each season and then so I did that for a while and after that one of my coworkers there had moved on to um Giorgio Armani and she you know, let me know when there was a job opening that I would be interested in. Um, and yeah, so fortunately I got that job. Um, so then I was managing the major accounts for Armani Exchange for all of the U.S. Um, and that was a really great experience. Um, great company to work for. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And that in that role, I got a lot more hands-on experience with like you know, like running a very large multi-million dollar business and, um, you know, all the ins and outs of department stores really. Mm -hmm. Um, and after that I was last April, I left and I came to my new role at Kenzo. Um, so a little more like more luxury of a brand with Kenzo and like different accounts. Um, but yeah, it's very exciting, but so now I'm an account executive and, um, running the country. <laughs> yes. It definitely sounds like you've had some like really great experiences to lead to where you are today. And even though you said you don't advise, you know, taking that plunge maybe without a job, I think that is really cool that you were able to do that. And like, you had the confidence in yourself that you would be able to land something and sort of that like drive to make it work out no matter what. So um, yeah, that's really cool to hear. I think it really helped when I interned at Moschino, one of the women who worked there told me, you know, she was like, you really just got to get here. Half the battle in New York is just getting to New York and then start applying because, you know, everything moves so quickly in the fashion industry specifically. Um, you know, if if you apply for a inter like a job, they might want to interview you literally the next day and then they might offer you the job in a week. So things happen very, very quickly, I would say, with every job I've had. Um, and so I think for people applying to jobs in New York, it's definitely an upper hand to already be in New York. Um, a lot of companies like don't want to take the time to go through the whole process for someone who doesn't live there yet, you know, accounting the time for them moving, which is unfortunate, but kind of a reality that I've seen. Yeah. And I think that's really like valuable to know. Cause like, I didn't know that at all until I started applying and stuff around this time. So I think that's a lot of something that like people don't realize. Um, so I think that's yeah. good to share. Um, but so now that you've been in your role for a little bit, um, what is your day-to-day, -day, you know, as an account executive at Kenzo look like, and maybe um, a provide a little more insight into like the wholesale aspect. Cause I know that's something that I feel like I didn't necessarily learn a lot about in my like fashion okay. education. Yeah. So, um, I didn't really know about wholesale either until I interned at Moschino. Um, so it just kind of happened. Um, and I really loved the experience because wholesale really touches all aspects of the business. Um, you know, you're managing the day-to-day -day 
process of just the life of all products, basically. So you definitely touch every aspect of the product life cycle from like conception and design to, you know, actually selling it on the floor, the end of life where you're marking it down and trying to clear out inventory. Um, so really just every step of the life cycle while managing your relationships with buyers for stores. Um, so everyone hears about buyers, you know, every department store, every boutique, everyone's got buyers. Um, but I'm the person who actually sells to buyers. So every brand's got one of me if they sell at mm -hmm. uh, retail, at you know, department store retailers. So I would say, you know, in my job every day, I work alongside the store and digital retail teams that are also work with Kenzo because um, we have our own stores, but that's a different department. And um, most of my job really is just managing the orders and inventory. A lot of that's the Excel work that, you know, everyone talks about in the fashion industry, um, kind of managing inventory through Excel lists. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just email communication with all areas of the business, logistics, PR, clients for any kind of like marketing management things. Um, you know, as some of the more niche things that happen throughout the year, like, you know, make helping with the list for the fashion show or different events we do, um, working with the other different departments like finance and everything to kind of, you know, make things happen. Um, you know, we do, I've worked on like pop-up shops and different like kind of installations. And um, even like last week I was just in Miami visiting stores. Um, Cause that's also part of my job is just to like go to the stores we're in and make sure that everything's cool. Everything looks good. We're in the right part of the department store floor. Um, I go and do presentations for the staff at the stores to make sure they understand, you know, what my brand is, what we're selling, different kind of, you know, things about the products, what kind of fabrics we're using, um, you know, what our marketing push for that season is, like what the inspiration, you know, for the designs are. So things like that. So really it is touching all parts of the life cycle, which I think is the most fun part because you're just really wearing a lot of hats and, you know, constantly making things happen. Yes. It definitely sounds like you're doing a lot of like cross-functional things, which I think is really great. And I think that's something a lot of people are like, are now looking for to have that just a little twist and, you know, each and every day to be a little bit different. So that sounds like you're definitely getting that. Yeah. And so like kind of go into the sales process, how it works for like being an account executive in this realm versus, you know, what other people might have, you know, cause you can be an account executive in a lot of fields. Um, but so in like my world, the sales process really is just doing market, um, which we at this brand specifically, we do market twice a year. Um, at some of my other brands, we did it as many times as like five times a year. Um, it, you know, it varies depending on your, I don't know, just your design team. If you're doing monthly deliveries, seasonal deliveries, um, just kind of how often you're pushing out product basically. So like right now I do market in France at our headquarters. So I go during Paris fashion week, uh, men's fashion week specifically and, you know, basically all the buyers from all around the world, all the account executives from all around the world come together and work in the showroom there to like pick out the assortments that all the stores are going to carry. So, you know, like a buyer from a department store will come to our showroom and I'll kind of explain the line to them. Um, you know, they might have came to the fashion show. They might not have, depending on invites 
and you know kind of give them the the whole spiel of what the inspiration is the kind of key themes we're looking at and like specifically to the U.S. and Canadian market um and so yeah just kind of show them the line help them pick their buys and then they write the order and you know the rest is to come (laughs) yeah no I think that's really awesome I know last time we talked you mentioned that you were headed to Paris for the workshop I think that's so cool and like I think, you know, that's like the devil wears Prada dream. I think a lot of people work in fashion, like that's, you know, they envision that part of it. Um, So how, you know, like, how is that experience and being able to do that and work with sort of like that international audience in this industry? Um, It's really cool. I mean, some of my teams, even from France here in the US, um, I work really closely with the team in France. And, you know, it's the same as in my other jobs. Like when you're, you're working for a company that's owned by, you know, like an international conglomerate, you usually do have a lot of uh, kind of teamwork with the headquarters overseas, which is, you know, it's there's pros and cons. Sometimes the time zone makes things dif- difficult. But I think in Paris, it was really cool. Just like, you know, you get to meet a lot of new people. Um, it's it's pretty simple, though, because like all my buyers are American and they come over there too. you know, like we're all coming <laughs> from New York, basically, <laughs> and a few other places. But just doing our jobs in Paris in front of the product, um, which I think is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so like you were saying, Kenzo is a part of LVMH, which is based in Paris, and that's why you were going. So can you talk a little bit about what it's like to work specifically in the luxury space um, and at such a big level and like some differences that may come with doing so compared to not working in that sector within the industry? Yeah, I mean, you know, I definitely had an upward climb in my career. And that's, you know, that was what was what I was trying to do. Um, I've, you know, taken baby steps to get up to this point um, by, you know, switching around brands, um, kind of develop, developing my catalog of retailers I've worked with. Um, so I'm very happy with where I'm at. And yeah, I think working for LVMH is great. It's a huge corporation. There's a lot of perks to that. Um, some people you know, like a more startup vibe or something a little smaller scale, but there's a lot of benefits to working under a huge corporation as well. Um, you know, there's kind of more organized, like shared services, things like finance and logistics, you know, it's, it's a company that's been around for a long time. They know what they're doing. It's a well-oiled machine. Um, so I definitely, in my experience, have valued the companies that run that way. Um, and I think, you know, it makes my job easier in a way. Um, then I guess just going off of that, it's really, um, it's really cool just to work for a luxury company and the business model is so different. I think something, especially when you're starting out in the fashion industry, you don't realize is that the different tiers are pretty different and like how the businesses operate are different. Like, you know, there's off price retail and wholesale, which is what, you know, you're, TJ Maxx's, Marshall's, Nordstrom Rack, things like that. Then you have your like middle tier, which, you know, you're working with your mass department stores, Macy's, Belk. Um, and then, you know, then you move up to your Neiman Marcus's and Saks. Um, and the way the business works between the three of those is very different. Um, you know, with off price, like the, you know, more like discount stores, 
you know, you're working on a model where it's, it's discounts, it's already available inventory. There's no like pre-orders generally, unless they do like, sometimes they do do special cuts, which, you know, it's like the product made for those stores. Um, but that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> and then in your middle range, like there's just different levels of investment. And, um, I think, and even branding sometimes within those, um, so like, I think even now, like where I'm at, there's a lot more strategy almost because the branding aspect of it is so crucial. And, you know, coming like in one of my previous jobs, you know, it's all about just like making units sell and like moving inventory. Um, so it's a lot more like careful, I'd say. And it's, it's interesting. Um, just kind of different vibes all around <laughs> but I think it can be it can be easy to get pigeonholed unfortunately um I don't think it's right because I think if you have the skill set to do these jobs you should be able to do any of them it doesn't really make sense that sometimes uh people you interview with will be like oh well you don't have this experience like I feel like I interviewed at so many places that were like you don't have luxury experience you even worked with these accounts and it's like well who's to say I can't you know yeah so I think that's where it kind of does get hard. And I, you know, I've even known people who worked in off price and had a really hard time getting out of off price, um, which is just kind of crazy that it works that way. But I would say that's definitely a reality and it, it, it can really affect the rest of your career where you start. Yeah. I remember that's something that you have told me before. And I think that was really interesting because I think, you know, in general, as someone who's not any, I think as students being sort of like lump it all together, like it's all fashion industry. I'm sure like the business model is the same, but as you were saying, like it really can be so different. Yeah. Um, and it's so getting your experience. Than, yeah. Like wholesale and retail, like it's two completely different departments that function totally differently. Um, so it, you know, like, I don't think in New York, like tomorrow, if I was like, you know what, I think I should be a retail buyer. Like I wouldn't probably be at the same ranking and level that I am now, if I just wanted to pivot over into retail buying because it's just not the same job yeah no that that totally makes sense and I, th I think that's really good insight as well um and like you were saying too it can be pretty hard to sort of get into the luxury space and like like you mentioned you sort of like had made baby steps towards doing so and it's worked out for you so um what advice do you have like for those looking to get their start in the luxury space I'd say you know, it, it, it does matter where you start working. Like, you know, don't be too picky, but at the same time, like be conscious about like, you know, kind of your resume life, if that makes sense. It, it, your resume does kind of tell a story in a way. Um, you know, you can kind of explain a lot of things and make things sound <laughs> a little better or whatever. I don't know. But um, I think this is just like truly like networking. <laughs> It really does get you far. Um, and even even just within your organization too, I think is so important. I think, you know, I've gotten some of the opportunities I have because, you know, I was a good coworker. I had really good relationships with my peers and even my superiors. And I think that actually worked out so much better for me. Um, just because I was able to make connections, people trusted me, people were willing to like go to bat for me you know, for some of these later opportunities when it came to like, even just references or getting your foot in the door. You know, I think mm -hmm. you hear about referrals, but they actually do matter. Um, I would say don't go asking people you don't know for referrals. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
but it definitely um it definitely helps to know people in a way like and getting your foot in the door can be kind of hard but I know like you know you're an expert at networking on LinkedIn even that could be helpful as long as someone's talked to you and knows who you are because I think that's part of it too it's not even that someone's just seen your resume and they're going to refer you it's like they want to like know you and know you're a good coworker, a good person you're capable um and things like that yeah absolutely and I think that's good to know just because it is you know, these brands are so well known and loved. And so, you know, every time I'm on LinkedIn and I'm looking at jobs, I know all the ones from these big luxury brands, there's always like a gazillion applicants. And so I think taking those extra steps, um, like networking, getting a referral, if you can really would be able to help you stand out, like you were saying. Um, And, you know, overall, it sounds like you really love your job and love this field. But what would you say, um, your like favorite and least favorite thing is about your job. Cause I always love to sort of get like a well-rounded perspective. My favorite thing. I think my favorite thing is probably that I get to travel. Um, I think, you know, sometimes I get a little traveled out. Um, but I think it's really great that I get the opportunity to just like go to different cities, try things out. Like I was in, you know, I was in Paris earlier this month. I was in Miami last week. I'm going to Toronto next week. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to, LA, going to LA at the end of the month. So like, it's great that I get to go to some of these places that I probably would never really spend much time or, you know, just kind of see different places in a different kind of capacity. Other than that, I usually just tell people my favorite thing is that I, you know, get to do different stuff every day. I feel like I, you know, I kind of like my all my different hats because I get to jump around and do different things. And, you know, I'm always interested that way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so probably the travel though. Awesome. And then least favorite thing. Least favorite. Ooh, you know, honestly, I'm very thankful. I really do like my job. Um, Least favorite is just sometimes that I feel like with market, it's really high stress all lumped into a few weeks and it's a lot. It takes a lot out of you mentally, physically. Um, it's crazy. Like it's, you know, it's tons of social interaction because, you know, you're doing like back-to-back market appointments. Then you're working late because you're entering orders, you're reviewing orders. You know, there's just like a million things to do and it all happens at once. So it's really overwhelming. Then you get like burnt out for a few weeks <laughs> and yeah. then kind of have to start the process over again. And then a few months later you do it again. So I think it's a lot at once, but, um, but I would say it's kind of, there, there's positives to that too, in a way. For sure. And it's, it's good that it's hard to think of something bad for sure. I think, you yeah. know, everybody wants to love their job as much as one, you know, can love a job. So that's always good to hear that that's actually happening still. <laughs> um, so what do you feel like some skills or attributes that you have that have helped lead to your success within the luxury fashion space and you being able to really enjoy it as much as you have? I think one thing would be um, just kind of being in tune with what's happening in fashion. You know, like I follow so many Instagram accounts, like different stores. Um, you know, I work with like men's clothes a lot. So I follow all, all the department stores will have a separate Instagram account for like their men's, um, you know, things like that. And just kind of like trying to stay on the pulse of what's happening. Um, it's both work and it's just very interesting. Um, so I love that that's actually like my kind of, you know, research for my job is you know, 
cool stuff on social media mm-hmm. and like finding out the newest thing going on, like new collabs, things like that. Um, and I think also just, I'm, I always would say that like, I'm like the ultimate consumer. I love shopping. I love clothes. And so I think just like kind of understanding how people shop, what people like to see in stores, you know, like what kind of items work, um, is like, it's like both a natural skill, I think, and something that can be developed, but I think that definitely helps too. Absolutely. And I think that's definitely been a theme of like, when I talk to people, I think almost everyone has said how important like that social listening and like, like you said, even viewing yourself as a consumer um, and really understanding as much as you can about the business and the industry um, can really translate a lot in your work for sure. Definitely. Yeah. You got to know what what's trending, who's doing what, how do you keep up? How do you do better? You know, there's, especially in fashion, there's always something happening. So it's definitely information overload, but at least it's like fun information for me. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, all right. So do you have any final career advice or networking tips that you live by and want to share? I know you said like your first internship with um, your first luxury brand you actually got through networking. Yeah, that was more of a, a cold call email. <laughs> I don't even know if I'd call it networking, but um, I think the main thing I would tell anyone, especially starting out and like wanting to start out in New York is that your dream job may not be available every step of the way, but like it is a process and you know, like you're not going to have the same job maybe in five years that you do right then, or even in one year, you know, you people leave jobs all the time. It happens. Don't get too down on yourself if like something's not it the second you start working because it, it's it's a process. It's the rest of your life. Like you have to work forever. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's important to not get, you know, don't get too deep in the comparisons, I feel like, or like thinking you're not, you know, you're not good enough because you didn't start out working at Celine or something, you know, like yeah. we all, not everyone gets to do that, unfortunately. So I think that's the main thing. And the other thing I would say is that I remember when I interned at, um, when I interviewed for my internship at Richemont, the VP of sales told me, he he just said, he was like, timing is everything. Like you walk into an interview, there's timing around it. Like people open up jobs at certain times and like things just fall into place. And sometimes things just don't happen at the time you want them to. And sometimes they do. Like sometimes the timing is just right. So you just kind of have to trust it. And again, it ties into the first thing because like you just can't rush your career. Absolutely. And I, I think that's that's so comforting even for like me to hear this because again, just because I'm going through this process as well right now. And, you know, it can seem sort of like, oh my gosh, like this opportunity that, you know, I really want like isn't available yet. Or I don't know if like you said, the timing is going to work out, but like you said, it, it sort of will unfold. And like you said, we have the whole, you know, rest of our lives to try out these different things and, um, you know, work our way up into wherever we want to get. So I think that's really, um, really great advice. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's just what I always have reminded myself. Cause again, like I was trying to get to, you know, like real luxury in my mind. And, you know, I'm still kind of on a path, you know? And I think I just kept having to remind myself, like no one else is, you know, making it to these companies necessarily either. Like I'm kind of creating this, like uh, these milestones in my head that aren't really like based in reality, honestly, you know, like we we all can't have it all. 
Um, but as long as you have a good job and you're on your path, like you'll get where you need to be. Exactly. And I think, like you said, like, I think it's good, like setting those milestones, like self-motivation, like within ourselves and setting your own path is like, that's all we really can all do anyway. So I think that's all really great. Um, and Amelia, thank you so much for coming on today. I think a lot of people are, you know, interested in getting to where you are and in that space and, but don't necessarily know how or where to start. So I think this will be super helpful for them. Yes, of course. Thank you. I, you know, I love helping people and, you know, trying to spread the word of the different facets of the fashion industry, like wholesale. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I hope that all the fashion girls out there were listening to that. Whether you discovered you might be interested in working in the wholesale side of things like Amelia, or learned about the different levels and business models within the fashion industry, and what it takes to set yourself apart in the luxury sector. I encourage you to take all the advice and insight that Amelia shared and apply it where you can to your pursuit of a career in the fashion industry and beyond. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a review and rating and follow Girls Growing Corporate on TikTok and Instagram and feel free to join our LinkedIn group as well where we post lots of great opportunities. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Bye.